I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching I am Declan. And I'm Ned. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Andor, not My Policeman. That is in the episode script. But I've changed that now. <laughs> Look at your face. You're like, oh, I made a mistake. I did everything so well. Oh. And I missed that one detail. And that's the one. I picked up on. That you make a big fuss of. I'm sorry. Well, as always, listeners, remember there will be plenty of spoilers, so take that as a warning and proceed with caution. But first, I'm curious, Ned, what have you been up to this week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've had a busy week, actually, in terms of watching things anyway. um, We saw After Sun. We did. Um, Which I absolutely loved. It's one of those films, it felt really sad, but not like really while you were watching it more it more like once it's sunk like, in a yeah. little bit it goes like really sad so i was yeah. messaging our friends at the cinema podcast about because they did an episode mm. on it and i and i was like you guys getting emotional is making me get emotional again and oh, it's honestly. just one of those films that if you sit and think about too much will get you yeah um but yeah, it was good. You gave it five, didn't you? I did, absolutely. I think I was on it. four and a half, but yeah. no, I wouldn't say that's not a good rating. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I must say the calibre of what else I've watched the rest of the week is Did it take a downward turn? Oh, it did. Um, a Saturday night with my good dear friend Bridget. We watched Falling for Christmas. God. Nice to see Lindsay Lohan. Is it? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the less said about that film, I think, the better, to be honest. If you're a Lohan fan, get get it watched, but don't expect anything special. It is terrible. Did you watch Nativity as well? Watched it straight after. My God, you had a proper Christmas movie night, didn't you? We were drinking mulled wine. It felt like the time. And the Noel Diary. Uh, no, that was the day after. Oh, right. I see. <laughs> Um, Nativity, uh, I think, has probably found its its spot at the top of my favourite Christmas film list. Really? It's taken a few years to get there, but, yeah, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. So, you know, I don't really re-watch a lot of films. Yeah. I struggle with Christmas films because I don't have one that, like, oh my god, I need to watch it every year. I just don't uh, really see the point. My three that I always kind of sit on are Nativity, Love Actually, and The Holiday. Anything else is a bonus, but it doesn't always make it into every year. Like The Grinch is only every couple of years, and I've given up on Elf. Unpopular opinion, but I don't like it. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So, sorry, Asda. You've not got me with <laughs> yeah. your Christmas ad this year. There is a... 
there is a we are going to put out on our Instagram soon like we did for Halloween where we get our followers to choose a classic Christmas film for us to watch and do an episode on. Yeah. I'm still kind of debating which four to curate to put out because there are some I would prefer not to have to watch again. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Why don't you leave it open to suggestions? And whichever ones get the most suggestions in. Could do. People like a good poll though. <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> don't the king yeah um, if it doesn't break the community guidelines <laughs> so yeah um, yeah we've mentioned Noel Diary again bit shite Noel 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 right but who reads that and so it's not Noel Edmund yeah but you it? know it's the it's a Christmas film yeah I know but Noel like French for Christmas <laughs> the Noel the Diary over the E right yeah. Anyway, it's a bit shite as well. Um, but then, weirdly, gets you in the heart right at the end. Mm. Wasn't expecting You it. still so gave it one star? I gave it one star, yeah. My God, you're like, your star ratings are so different to mine. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, fun announcement, listeners. I actually finished a TV show. Oh, right. I wondered what you were going to say then. I've, I've watched The Crown. All ten episodes of it. Well done. Thank you. Like hour longs, most of them as well. You've I done know. quite well. Thank you. And you're watching Wednesday. Yeah. That one's quite an easy watch there, to be fair. Yeah, but still pretty decent length episodes. Yeah. Proud of you, King. Thank Progress. you. Progress. feel like a changed person. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to know what I've been watching then? I would like to Separate know, Separate yes. from you. So, yeah, I started Wednesday. I'm in two, epi- two episodes in. I think it's okay. It's not like groundbreaking i like jenna ortega but past that it very much feels a bit sabrina that happened on netflix a bit riverdale a bit like been there done that seen it yeah i like the hand though the thing what's it called thing 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 i like that Mm. sorry i will recording stopped there just when i was in the middle of saying what i thought of wednesday but i moved on to that I started and finished Dead to Me, um, which I'd kind of, I think, run out of steam, twists and turns-wise. Um, it There was points where I was more eye-rolling than intrigued, but I do like the central performances of Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, I want to say. Velma. Someone um, someone keeps calling her Cannellini. That's quite funny. Mm. Um but yeah, and obviously it had taken quite a while for this third season to come out. It was delayed due to COVID and then Christina Applegate's MS diagnosis, which is very sad. Yeah. Um, but that is over now. And I like when you get to see the end of a show, like when you don't... I have this sense of satisfaction when I've stayed right till the final season. Because mm. then you've you've actually seen it all. Um I don't like when, like, you watch one season, two season, and you think, oh, I don't really want to watch it. It's a shame yeah. when that happens. But... I like it when a TV show decides that it's not going to go any further than, say, probably three seasons is my comfortable max. Yeah. And doesn't leave it open to any future seasons just in case they decide they want to, but actually just rounds off the story. Yeah. 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 Um, I also watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Well, we started it together, but Ned fell asleep after about the first five minutes, but I don't think that was an indication of the quality. It's been getting rave reviews, but for me, it was a little bit too twee 
and silly. And I know the Guardians are, but again, mm. talking to the MCU, it's a very fine balance of funny comedy and emotion. And it yeah. it was only 40 minutes and it was only Christmas and it was daft. It was about Mantis and Drax finding Kevin Bacon for Star-Lord. So, oh, okay. How, like... I, you know that musical scene at the start? The only bit I've seen. Yeah. When we were doing the Christmas decorations at the flat, I put that song on. Did you? It's actually quite funny. Is it? I can't even really remember how it goes. Do you want to sing it? If it was in my head, I wouldn't have even hesitated then, but I can't quite remember it enough. Right. So I'm not going to. Cool. Yeah. Um, And I just kind of wanted to touch on something personal you're looking at me as if the recording stopped again no 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 No, okay um obviously we've talked about um you know as well as talking about films and movies we also talk about our lives and what we've been up to and it almost feels like the elephant in the room not to mention what i've been going through in the last week so unfortunately my uncle just over a week ago of recording took his own life um so yeah i don't really know what else to say like as a family we've kind of put it out there so people know because it feels weird when people ask you are you okay Mm -hmm. when really you want to go no not really but we live in a society where everyone always just goes yeah i'm good are you oh i'm okay yeah default reaction yeah um so i just kind of want to highlight as well as the grief process that me and my family are going through, just men's mental health, mental health in general, I sometimes find it quite... I don't always like to be stereotypical and say it gets better or talk to somebody because Mm. sometimes, unfortunately, treatment in this country isn't great, so it can take a hell of a long time to get better. But... It can still happen. So um, just keep that in mind, I guess. But yeah, hard week for me. Um, And I was umming and ahhing whether or not to even bring it up. But, you know, you get to know us, you get to know our lives. And that's what we've been going through. And it almost feels weird to kind of pretend and do a podcast when this is going on. Um, But yeah. Your script for Trailer Trash or Treasure feels a bit funny to go into it after that, but go for it. I'm just going to self-edit as we go. Okay, go. Well, now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time for Trailer Trash or Treasure. So what have we got this week, Declan? We have got... White Noise, which I believe is Noah Bombach's new film, husband of Greta Gerwig, who is writer of Little Women and the upcoming Barbie. Um, I always just love them as a power couple because I think what minds to write these films. Mm. Um, it's coming out on Netflix. As always, the trailer is in the show notes if you want to watch along. I think it's out before the end of the year, but I'm sure the trailer will tell us. Um... Watch along if you wish. See you in a second.
Well, that looks fun. It does. So I'm going to get this right. It's an adaptation of a book. But <laughs> what I see is it's quite timely because it's a apocalyptic black comedy. And a lot of the themes look like when COVID first hit. You know, people queuing in supermarkets yeah. and people. So it, I feel like it's quite... It'll really resonate with people. Like the... What was the last line in the trailer? It was like, we keep inventing hope. When... <laughs> doesn't really exist. It obviously sunk in with you a bit better than it did with um, me. Do you know, I've already forgotten about COVID as like a... You know, point, I was having this discussion the other day. I feel like a lot of people, it's almost like our brain has had, our brains have had almost like a trauma response and they've completely like tried to block it out. Oh, that may be true for you, but mostly because I talk about climate change every day, all day. Oh. Anytime anything is remotely disaster inducing in films, I'm like, oh, climate change. Right. <laughs> well, I didn't realise that Greta Gerwig also starred in it along with Adam Driver. It looks very fun. Um, yeah. I didn't realise either that the main character, Adam Driver, plays a professor, Jack Gladney. And I didn't get it from the trailer, but he's a professor of Hitler studies. Um, so I'm sure that's going to be kind of a lot of poked fun at. Yeah. Um, it had its premiere at Venice Film Festival, which normally says it's a film of particular quality. Um, and it's out on the 30th of December on Netflix. But it looks really fun. Don Cheadle's in it. Yeah. Um, Jodie Turner-Smith. Um, I don't know what else to Looks like say. it's going to make me laugh. It looks mm-hmm. like, um, like the visuals are quite like the style of how it's going to be put together. Like, Netflix bright seemed and to colourful like... and cheerful, even though it's all about this disaster. Yeah, Netflix cool. seemed to like about putting a end-of-the-world film over the Christmas New Year period, don't they? Because <laughs> last year we had um, Don't, don't look, look It Up, and then this year it's this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks really fun. Um, it has had some reviews already, but obviously because of its Venice film festival release yeah. um the guardian gave it five out of five stars when's it um, out 30th of december Ooh. on netflix so just in time for just new in year time for new year is it trash or treasure oh we have to say on the last episode when we did elemental yeah. we actually didn't give it a trash or treasure the whole point of the i know the segment which is why i've added it to our oh to show our show notes our yeah. script sorry yeah i would say it's treasure I would agree. It is treasure. I'm quite looking forward to watching it, in fact. Yes, me too. Excellent. Well, now, (laughs) for this week's headline feature. It's the first time we've chosen a TV show um, as the feature, so... uh, Oh, I have written a bit of a... Oh, boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, are we glad it's this But I will note, as I say, this is the first TV show we've ever done, so we're, we're kind of getting our minds around how we do TV shows, because obviously it was 12 episodes, so it's yeah a very long film if you want to look at it that way. I reckon we just pick the bits we remember and talk around them. Yeah, so would you just like to introduce what it is? Welcome, listeners, to a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. It's Andor, um, right after this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I've got the synopsis. Can you tell me what it's about? Oh, you started the recording already. Okay, so synopsis is... Beginning five years before the events of Rogue One and A New Hope. Hang on. Um, put that... Where does that sit between all of the trilogies and things? Between... <laughs> Rogue on. One is set... After... Is, epi- is Rogue One episode seven? Rogue One isn't an episode. It was one of the anthology ones uh, that came after. That's why I get confused. So we've got one, two, and three, which are the prequel trilogies. Yeah. Then we had Rogue One, which literally led straight into the original first Star Wars film called A New Hope. Yeah. Literally, one scene ended and another scene began. Yeah. So we're we're at the beginning of the Empire is forming and we're going to move forward into what happens there. So the series follows an an ensemble cast of characters during that. During the time that, sorry, the Rebel Alliance is forming an opposition to the Galactic Empire. One of the characters is Cassian Andor, played by Diego Luna. A thief who becomes a revolutionary and eventually joins the Rebellion. Where to start on this one? Oh, that's your synopsis. (laughs) That's my synopsis, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Where would Um... we start? Well, I would like to say how much I enjoyed a Star Wars crime drama. A grounded, gritty, almost adult, not like X-rated. Twists and turns that I wouldn't have seen coming. It was just, this to me is literally not just one of the best Star Wars, not just some of the best Star Wars content that's ever been out there, but probably one of the best shows of the year. It was just grounded in realism. It it starts like really slow and super. In- I was so intrigued by it from the way off because it was just so different to everything we mm. particularly had on Disney Plus so far. Like to me, if you looked at this year, everyone was like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I was so disappointed by that. And Andor was kind of like, oh, I'm sure it's great, but we'll see. Mm. This is so up right up my street as well because <laughs> as we've discussed before i really like shows and films that are very political yeah not necessarily our politics but when it resonates in kind of real world politics yeah so to me this is like the the start of a rebellion against nazism far right authoritarianism yeah. like all that kind of stuff, and it really translates well 
into the real world, which you said to me, though. I, you said, oh, well, isn't Star Wars kind of based off Nazism, in a way? Well, they're literally called stormtroopers. So you think that connection is, is you know, when George Lucas was penning Star Wars originally, you yeah. think, oh, right, okay. I mean, obviously, it I feel makes like sense. it's not even, like, my idea, either. I'm sure... Oh, I'm sure it won't be. I just never yeah. really... I think because Star Wars before has always been quite family friendly. It hadn't, you hadn't really thought, I wouldn't say I've ever really thought in that much depth that, oh my God, it's based on. Oh, maybe I'm like, just more of a natural rebel than you. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> um, but like to just tap into that and the espionage and the whispers and the, mm. what's going on behind the scenes and how do we actually build this rebellion against this unruly galactic empire yeah. was just amazing so what notes have you made is there anything you want to touch mean, on first honestly my notes aren't really any kind of coherent sense and they're so just kind of a brain it's dump. like bits i remember bits i loved people that were my favorites okay we like the title card <laughs> yeah i remember the way like andor slowly Flashes up. And you're like, ooh, that looks like some spaceships. Oh, no, wait, it's just text. But yeah. It's really cool, actually. Very uh, creative. I liked the journey of the Empire. Like, in the first episode, they seem really kind of cocky. And, like, nothing can nothing can touch us. And they don't really realise how well, vulnerable they are. Well, just like any sort of authoritarian regime, really. Yeah. It's like, there's a line like, oh, you can just walk straight into the Empire if you act a certain yeah. way. There's no kind of... You know, we're untouchable. Nothing's going to ever happen. Mm, mm. Um, I guess maybe it was kind of broke up into arcs, wasn't it? It was like first few episodes were setting up. Then we had yeah. the the heist few episodes. Yeah. Then we had the prison and the breakout. Yeah. And then the last few episodes were kind of going back to where it started, where it started. in a way and where it the story developed. rounded it all off really nicely. What was your favourite arc out of the, the different ones? Um, between the prison and like the conclusion, yeah. I think, was my favourite section of watching. I think for me, the favourite was the heist and yeah. the prison. I oh, thought, to be honest, I love the heist there. The heist, I, was I so thought, invested. was... I was so nervous, like, when they were trying to sneak in and yeah. were they going to get noticed and was it going to succeed? I yeah. was like, oh, this is, oh, like, my God. a lot. And the plan and everything, they were all just so, like, stressed and I felt it for them. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it was just excellent performances all round, to be honest. Shall we talk about performances then and look at actors? Um, yeah, do you know, actually, it took me... Well, we're on the heist bit. Yeah. It took me a moment, um, a hot minute, to realise where I recognised Nemec from. Nemec? Yeah, you know... It's all these names the, I'm not very good at. The, like, nerdy Marxist one. The one who dies? Yes. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, he was in... Did you ever see it? Uh, End of the fucking world. Yes, he was. He yeah. was the psycho, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't put two and two together either, yeah. but now you said it. Yeah. Yeah, he was very, um, he did die. And that's another thing, like, characters dying. Like, there's actually stakes in this. Like, yeah. people are sacrificing their lives to go up against 
the empire. The and it was quite the way. Regime. It was quite a sad way he died, really. It was because he just they escaped were, the gunfire. So close to getting away from the heist, and like, yeah, there'd been a casualty or two, but they were on the home straight, and then just total accident. Happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so about performances, like Diego Luna is great as Cassian Andor, but I wouldn't say he is the highlight in this. Which sound I always think this sounds really reductive, but. He wasn't for no, me. No, I agree. And I think for... I think Cassian Andor as a character has relied really heavily on all of the supporting roles around him in this storyline. Yeah. If it was just following him and, like, a few conversations, then I'd probably not be so invested in it. I think it was quite interesting how we got to see some of his background for when he was younger and mm. what happened to his home planet. I thought that that introduction of some of that extra backstory gave his character a bit more depth. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Like, in the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, maybe this is, like, the way this story's going to go is we're going to find out a lot more about what happened on Canary. Canary? Yeah. Canary. Which basically, I think, yeah, was Canary, some sort... It yeah. was a mi- a place where the Empire went and... Um, mined. Mined everything yeah. and basically fucked it up. Yeah. Um. But we didn't ever find out anything more about Canary, really, because there were so many other way more exciting twists and turns in this story. So I yeah. really liked that it set that up, but then took it entirely off piste. Yeah. I think for me, the two highlights, acting and performance-wise, was both Denise Goff as Deidre Miro, who was the supervisor. Deirdre. Dedra Miro, who is is a supervisor from the ISB, and then Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. It was their... You know when someone is such a good bad guy? Yeah, but like both of them, one was good and one was bad. Yeah. But like both of their complex, like the way they delivered lines was like, Especially Denise Goff, like yeah. how she spoke in that room, the Empire rooms and the yeah. control rooms and yeah. stuff. I was like, you are a badass bitch. And whilst I don't like the Empire, I quite like you. I love her because she's a fierce and powerful woman and her personal assistant is obviously a gay man. And I was just like, yes, for this. <laughs> yes, for this dynamic. <laughs> Do you uh, think? Yeah. But I liked that like dynamic also of, not necessarily gender, because I think Star Wars isn't necessarily looking at gender politics. Or, I mean, I suppose when Princess Leia was tied up, that was quite obvious. I think time, it, it but... does, in subtle ways, I think, address the politics of gender or the gender of politics. Yeah. Um... She also did this, like, lip quiver in one episode. Oh, I know. She's and I was haunting. like, oh, my God. When they were torturing... Bix in yeah. the interrogation scene. Oh my god, yeah. Which I will say, I've mm. said, it's a bit weird, that torture scene. What is torturous about listening to kids screaming? It's not nice. That's No, but, but this is what I think was so horrible about it, is that they have, like the Empire, they have gone to some planet, taken it over, and quelled any upswell of resistance yeah by basically genociding everyone that was there 
and the people that were doing the genocide heard the screams of the kids of this alien race and it messed them up so bad that other people in the empire were like, oh, if those screams have messed up our good people, we're going to isolate those screams uh-huh. and use it as a means as a of torch torture. device, right. And like, oh, it's just giving me chills even talking about it. That is so cruel and evil. Yeah. And, oh, horrible. Yeah, that is horrible. Horrible. Yeah. I've put that the jail episodes and the breakout reminded me a bit of Squid Game. It was a little bit Squid Gamey. Yeah. Like, there weren't any activities. Like, there weren't doing any forced... but I think because they weren't, like, locked up. Yeah. They were free to roam around. There was no... Well, yeah. But, like, you're not physically restrained, is what I meant. I thought that... I thought that take on the floor is lava was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. And how they had to wear the boots for it to not affect them, the yeah. prison guards. I thought that was cool. It was a really clever prison setup, actually. Yeah. Very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, oh, and then all of that work for the big escape. Big spoiler here. <laughs> and Andy Circus can't swim. I know. <laughs> it's a bit stupid, right? Well, it wasn't. It was really sad, actually. It was sad, but I thought, you could have learned to swim. Hun. You could have just tried, like... I know, like, I thought, well, just jump off and see what happens. Yeah. Because either way, you're going to die. And if you're down there, someone might help you. Mm. Like, if he jumped with me, I'd have laid on my back. (laughs) And I'd have had him over my chest. And I'd have just done a little paddle. Like a little pair of otters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd have just done that. So, yeah. Um, Cute droids. I liked B2EMO, who was Marva's droid, the red one. And they all called him B, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Yeah. But the subtitles obviously always said B2EMO. Yeah. But that just made me think of BMO, which is um, a cute little robot games console in Adventure Time, which you'll have not watched because you don't like cartoons. I do like some like cartoons. Do you like Adventure Time? I've not heard of that. Okay. (laughs) I don't Um, think you'll like it. Right. Okay. Okay. Um... Fiona Shaw, speaking of um, Marva's robot, let's talk about Marva, who is Andor's mother. Yes, plays um, Aunt Petunia in the early Harry Potter. She also says one of the best lines of TV in the last 10 years. Go on. So it was in the first season of Killing Eve before Killing Eve was shit. And she goes... Oh, I thought you meant in there. No, no, just Fiona Shaw. And she goes, I want saw a rat down there drink a can of Diet Coke or something along those lines and her delivery of it the deadpan delivery is so funny I proper howled if anyone was a big Killing Eve fan especially the first season like I was Mm. you'll know exactly what I'm talking about you must have had to be there it was funny you'd have (laughs) laughed because it's deadpan and you like deadpan delivery I'm sure I would have done that so yeah yeah Yeah. Um, any other bits oh I liked Marva's eulogy oh at the end yeah i've got some tea on that oh but you talk about what all i wanted to say was just how kick-ass it is to use your eulogy to incite a revolution yeah like that is cool that is some legacy well 
apparently there was a cut of that scene where instead of saying whatever she says, something the Empire. Yeah. She said, fuck the Empire, which oh. was a bit too far. Oh, I'd have loved that. For Disney Lucasfilm Star Wars. I'd have loved um, that. But there was <laughs> a, apparently a, So that's the kind of level of... Yeah adult we're talking like the show was really trying to push yeah some boundaries yeah. um when it comes to the star wars universe which i definitely think mm. it did um i really like stellan skarsgård as guard i don't know why i sound Skarsgard. like a pirate there no i think there's a different way to pronounce it i don't think it's skarsgård i think i that's... say skarsgård but i don't think that's no i don't right think either. that's either anyway as luthan right rail raul rail that was his character. I only know his name as Luthan. So he delivers a monologue in episode 10, which a lot of people are talking about kind of how good the writing is, which it is. Oh. And it kind of talks about what it means to sacrifice for a cause and how you almost become like... You almost use the same things that the you saying the bad guys are using, but your yeah. cause is the right side of history yeah what was really really interesting to hear is he almost went through a like a list of political like different political ideologies within the star wars canon and i thought that's so that's like someone going oh you've got li- liberalism you've got marxism socialism capitalism mm. and he was like saying but in the context of star wars yeah it was like you've got empire people but like he actually used political ideological words to yeah. describe them and i just thought my god this is like compare that to the book of bob effect yeah which was like a few characters playing around that is really just in that, did it? it was shit that's why um yeah i like that yeah um do you know what i really like about the kind of the political angle of andor yes it's it's like the it, it what am I trying to say? It shows like the grassroots of revolution. Yeah. Um and it's like it's planting all of the seeds where real change can start to begin. And not only that, but it shows grass grassroots at like in a lot of different socioeconomic contexts. So you've got like oh, wow. the poor people with no homes are still doing stuff. The senator is doing what she can. Oh, right. Luthan, who is like middle class by the yeah. looks of it, doing what he can. And everyone's coming towards this common goal using the tools at their own disposal. And I, I just love that. Yeah, I've not thought of it like that, but I yeah. guess with the work that you do, surrounding climate change as yeah. well you are gonna see that yeah you know that there's um allies at every yeah level and it's of like society. a lot of people will argue either that you can only change a system from within or that you can't solve the problems that a system has caused by being in it by being in it yeah but i think this kind of marries both of those opposites together in a way that starts to say, actually, not like even if something sees itself as too big to fail, it isn't, and change comes from wherever. And wherever. That's interesting because I always tend to argue that there's no point shouting from the sidelines, like mm. get involved if you want to change. Get in. and I do understand people's arguments for, well, if I got involved, 
like my activist wings would be clipped because I would see yeah. the harsh reality of how hard it is to change something. Yeah. But I do always believe like getting it, like getting to politics, getting to activism. But the point activism. is you can exert influence without having to get too in it and clipping yeah, your wings. I guess what things. I'm saying so is So I think the can't... balance between all of that comes together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah that's I'm guessing like you right. can't. What I'm probably saying is you can't influence things by just shouting at things on Twitter. That you can't do. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have ever thought that Twitter is the best place. Well, you just in a bloody silo anywhere. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Well, I know, but it is important. Thing. Like, not important. Sorry, <laughs> it is like it does go hand in hand with mm. this, and that's you know the best content mm. out there whether it's a film tv show is you can see how you can society has been life. reflected yeah yeah and i think for us that just shows how good the show is that we've ended up talking about something in such detail yeah because again going back to the book of boba fett i wouldn't mm. have been going oh didn't that really spark uh, discussions <laughs> about every an ally amongst every every socioeconomic group, mm. and I know not every bit of entertainment has to be no, that. Yeah, but it's good. So the thing is, even if you didn't take any of what we've just talked about from Andor, it was still a really gripping, interesting, and entertaining TV show. So yeah. you can watch it to escape, or you can watch it to engage. Yes. I, I guess we talk about this because we craft a podcast and we have to, don't we? Well, I mean, we don't have to, but, no, but like, what would we talk about? I mean, if talking about like more cinematic stuff, it was shot beautifully. Mm, um, it used real-world locations again, um, which was like did it was so in its favour to do so. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was filmed in the UK. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, and oh, I, I think like a lot of those scenes where they're kind of out in the sticks um, before the heist, I think you could mm. tell that was very much kind of the UK. Yeah. Um, I think it was filmed up up in Scotland, yeah. 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 Um, but it's been filmed all over. Some of it was filmed in Essex, Buckinghamshire, mm. Um canary wharf apparently where the plaza under the bridge to the elizabeth elizabeth line station represented buildings on corazon which is cool oh that's um, cool i'd love to know that job where you go around and you like location scouting yeah like yeah. that is fascinating like seeing a script and going right well where can this story be told mm. that's in a galaxy far far away <laughs> but we can use london yeah um yeah I don't know if you've got any more bits because the only bit I want to touch on now for me is the post-credit scene. Um, oh, no, I'm going to save that. We might as well finish on that since it's the last. Okay, hurrah. so fire away with what else you've got. Um, a note to our queer representation. Was there? Yeah, Vel and Center seemed quite romantic. Yeah, entangled I thought that. While they were kind of together, isolated, planning for the heist. Loved that. That was really, like, nice energy, like love will prevail, you can find it wherever you are, type thing. Oh, that's nice. Um, then it kind of started to, like, their their paths had to diverge. Um, and I kind of got the impression that Vel's heart was aching a lot more than Cinta's because Cinta's mind was way more on the cause and kind of getting past it. 
But then I also think that that added like an extra layer of complexity to Val's character because then it revealed that she was cousin to Mon Mothma. Yeah. Who, lol, when I was saying that to Harry, I was like, Mon Mothra. And oh, that's something out of Godzilla, isn't it? Mothra yeah. is, yeah. Which made, the kaiju. Made him laugh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and I quite liked kind of that angle. It um, it was like that that privileged person who's angry at being privileged because doesn't like the way that that has all been set up. Um, and isn't very fair, so abandons the What's going the on with her daughter? Uses the thing. Like, has her daughter turned to, like, empire indoctr- indoctrination? It's seen... Uh, is like, it? she wasn't happy thought... with what her daughter was doing, or some religious sect I think or I got from that that um, her daughter was kind of getting in touch with a few of the cultural things from their home planet, and Mon Moth... like it. Yeah, Mon Mothma's... Um, perspective on that is that they're a bit archaic or outdated yeah. or something and she's like this isn't progressive Ugh, frustrating she's like one of those um, early progressive liberals that you hear about you know yeah who first one of the first people to think the way we do this isn't quite right we should yeah. do it differently yeah um um cyril cyril he, um I'm not very good at name. He That's was the guy. Thing. He I... was the one that worked for the private security company in the first chapter, tailored his uniform, and then got fired, even though he was just trying to do his job really, really well. He got fired because the system was trying to uh, hide something, basically. Yeah. And he was frustrated with that. Then his mum used their privilege and connections to get him a job in the empire somewhere. And that's where he came across Dedra. And for whatever reason, he was obsessed with impressing Dedra. Yeah. And I just think he must just feel so um, downtrodden and inferior and fragile in his masculinity and things. Yeah. So I quite liked his storyline just because it was like watching him get shit on by everyone. And still he's trying to impress the bad guys. Um. And just kind of the cultural references, just knocking around, like they used um, a significant annual spiritual event as cover for the heist. Yeah. Um, because the, Very beautiful, that the empire well. had kind of co-opted this um, significant um, sacred location. Yeah. And so they were like, Do you know what? Fuck off. We're going to use this event yeah. and, and steal all your money. Um, and also, I liked the funeral um, custom of putting people in, in in a brick and finding a wall in Ferrex. Yeah, that was cute. That was really nice. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me that Marva is a literal pillar of the community now. Yeah. Oh, that's no. sweet. Yeah. I know we've got a, towards that final episode as well. Cassian rescues Bix, so we've got that. Mm. Cassian asks the crew to kind of take Bix away from Ferrix. Yeah. Um, what I didn't connect... Oh, sorry as well. Um, Cyril saves Mira mm. from being attacked as well. Mm. And we don't see what happens to them after that, so obviously that's coming in the future. Yeah. Um, but what I didn't put two and two together was that Luthen was there on Ferrix to assassinate Andor. 
Yeah. Because I guess he deemed he he knew too he was, much. He was knew knew too much he collateral damage. He'd done it. Yeah. Um. But what I did like is like Cassian goes and meets with Luthen, mm. and Cassian kind of says, "You can either kill him." Like, Cassian offers Luthen mm. the choice to either kill him or take him in. To which mm. Luthen smiles. So I think Luthen like comes round to the idea that we've got a real kind of figurehead for the rebellion here. Yeah. And I'm not going to kill him. Um, be a waste. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like he's passed that torch on now to mm. Cassian Andor to say, right, well, I brought you in. You've yeah. you've got really involved. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. I think so. it's done the perfect thing as well that in its own right, season one of Andor is fantastic. Yeah. And, even if there was never another season, I would always look back at it and think, yeah, that was cracking Yeah, TV. that's true, actually. Yeah, And yeah, it still set itself up perfectly for season two. Yeah, if there wasn't a season two, I wouldn't be like... I mean, I would be gutted because I'd like more of it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be, oh my God, the story's not complete. Because I guess... Take note, Yellow Jackets. <laughs> I guess um, we know where it's going because it's a prequel yeah. to a prequel. Mm. So we know where it would eventually get to. So... If we don't see that gap between this season and Rogue One, it's not, I guess, the worst thing in the world. But we are going to see mm. that they're already filming. Yeah. So, um, Do you want to tell me about the post credit scene then? Yeah, so when they're all in the prison, I remember I remember saying, what, like, what is this repetitive thing they're just making over and over and over yeah. again? And I did think, well, it could just be anything because the Empire could just is be torture. like... well that as well but the empire is like proliferating across the whole of the galaxy so they need something but i thought why is it all the exact same thing that they're building yeah and we find out in the post credit scene that what they were building is parts of the firing dish from the death star which which is just nuts like it blew my mind i absolutely did not see that coming no i didn't yeah I was going to say Harry did. He said it was obvious, but he would say that. Your flatmate. Yeah. Remember, not everyone knows who Harry is. Well, if they are loyal listeners, like they I will, they are but by we now. might get newbies. We <laughs> might get newbies, especially. Sorry, newbies. Especially now we're doing a TV show. Um, we're doing a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> the Kings. Um, <laughs> Silly. Keeping up with the Kings. Um, I'm not signing up if it's called that. No? No. Is that everything that you wanted to discuss then? I think we've done our first TV show. The thing that's difficult with this one is it's 12 episodes, so it's a hell of a lot to go through. Mm. Um, And it's kind of... I think what we need to do, and this is kind of peeling back the curtain, Ah. um, is make notes. When we think we're going to do a TV show episode, we'll make notes every week. Just to kind of collate at the end. I can already assure you that I will not be doing that. Oh, right, okay. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, especially on this one. So please do feel free to drop us a message. I have been Declan. And I have been Ned. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.
you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.